1: What's up everybody? Michelle Margot and Ben Berlander with you for Millennial Sports Talk. And guess what episode this is?
0: Well, I'm guessing since last week was our Kobe Bryant episode, which was twenty-four. That means this is our quarter of a century episode.
1: I was thinking along the lines of Mark Toshera.
0: I like quarter of a century better.
1: Are you a Red Sox fan?
0: No, it just sounds cool.
1: Hey, can you tell like, everybody what dang, shirt that's a lot I'm of episode. wearing?
0: A Fenway Park Derek Jeter shirt. Fenway Park. All right. Interesting. Why do you have that shirt?
1: Um, that's a great question. A friend of mine, Greg Clifton, um, I don't even know how he got it, but he gave it to me. Oh, I just used...
0: farewell to a legend. That's Yeah. Cool. That's so it's his shirt.
1: farewell tour, and it was his last series playing at uh, Fenway Park, September 2014. No big deal. It's basically vintage.
0: And it's cool. It's cool. I I approve. Thank you. Speaking of Derek Jeter, I don't know if you've heard Michelle, but there was some big news this week. There was some big news this week.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Is it specific to Derek Jeter?
0: It is not specific to Derek Jeter.
1: Can I guess what the news is?
0: I don't know. I don't know if you heard about it, but yeah, guess.
1: Does it have to do with one of the four major sports?
0: It does. It does indeed.
1: Is it that Major League look, Baseball is happening yeah. in 2020?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, am I pumped. I'm pumped. I it's, it's hard to put it into words for me because I've been waiting for baseball to come back for so long, but I also get what's going on in our country in terms of COVID, in terms of racial injustice, everything going on. So it's like, I'm so pumped that baseball is back and I'm excited and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be super pumped to watch it. But it's also like, I, I, it's like a weird feeling, you know? It's kind of a weird feeling. Like there's still a lot out there to worry about, but baseball is coming back. I don't know. I am pumped though. I am pumped.
1: That was a lot of emotion in about one minute.
0: I have, there's a lot of emotion going through me about it. You know, I know. I am all man. over the my my brain is all over the place. I'm happy, I can tell you that. I'm like cons- I'm concerned. I'm happy again, you know, like I'm all over the place. You I'm a warrior at heart.
1: You no you're not.
0: Not to be confused with a warrior. I am a warrior. I am very much so. You're
1: neither a warrior or a warrior. But I will say that you had a well, that m- seems harsh. No, you're a warrior. In MLB, the show, but you <laughs> had the biggest sigh right before we started recording. I was like, okay, you ready? And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm ready.
0: You know why? Because I'm a warrior and I had a lot on my brain. It just goes right, feeds right into my point.
1: Well, I don't want to go back to like 10 episodes ago when I called you out for your dresser about to be falling over because the drawers are so full and open. And it's very front heavy. Thank you for moving the camera. So now I can't see it. (laughs) But I would be worried that it's going to topple over and crush you. So maybe we could do something about that.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. I just don't take my
1: chances in 2020 because you just don't know.
0: You're right. But so let me say this. I don't want to sidetrack from the point that I am super excited Baseball's back. I'm super excited to watch. Mike Trout and continue his historic career. I'm super <laughs> excited my brother gets to get back on the field. I'm really excited for all of that. I don't know what's so funny about saying Mike Trout. Because,
1: because he always comes up in our episodes.
0: Because he's the best, he could be the best of all time. What are we gonna, I mean, who else? When when you think Major League Baseball and watching one of the best play, I think Mike Trout. I also think my brother, but I wanted to mention Mike Trout first so people are like, ah, oh, he's such a homer. Uh,
1: it's okay. If you're blood related, I think it's okay.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited. There's, I I think there's a lot to work through. I think it's going to be somewhat of a shit show for lack of a better terms, but everybody's going to be working through it together. People are going to test positive and nobody right now knows how they're going to go about it. There's a taxi squad, but I, I know friends that are going to be on the taxi squad and they're like, we have no idea what we're doing. We don't, we haven't heard a thing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know when we're getting, we're going to be pulled up. We don't know what it's going to mean for us. And I don't think major league baseball knows. I, no, I think we'll there's so the much answers. unknown. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll all find out answers like when it comes up in the moment. And I think that's cool. I think it'll be very interesting, but I think this is not without its problems basically is what I'm
1: saying. Oh, I totally agree. But I think it's better to have baseball than not.
0: No, I I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that.
1: Then You know um, what's interesting? Oh gosh. But, I there's a lot of things that are interesting. What is it gonna be? The suspense the, is killing me.
0: I saw some of the health protocols and there's like players can't spit. They can't chew sunflower seeds. They can't chew uh they can't like dip. And I know, you know, I know some guys that I played with that just spit naturally when they're playing. Like they don't even realize it. A guy we had on the on one of our episodes before, one of my best friends, John Hicks. When he's hitting, he since he was like in high school has always like spit when he's getting ready for the pitch. He doesn't realize he's doing it. There's no way he's not going to be able to do it. What are they going to do? Find him? I mean, I mean yeah, we'll to, I think yeah. So. I mean, well, like, yeah.
1: I mean, Major League Baseball kind of picks and chooses when it finds people for that stuff. As long as it's like if it's shown on camera, they'll find you. That's the way. What I've found. Yeah but uh, that'll be interesting. These guys are gonna have to learn some manners. (laughs) No spitting, (laughs) no chewing sunflower seeds, no dipping. We'll see, it's part of the game, so we'll see. But I think that you always deliver us the best news with our GOAT moments of the week. And for those who are listening for the first time in a while, our GOAT moment of the week, GOAT stands for greatest of all time. Yes, it is a millennial term, but yes, our baby boomer parents know what it means. So yes,
0: our podcast is named Millennial Sports Talk. Yes, it is. It's only fair.
1: So why don't you give us our GOAT moment of the week?
0: Yeah, so for the GOAT moment of the week this week, I wanted to talk about Bubba Wallace, who is the only African-American NASCAR driver on the circuit. And for those that have not heard what happened this past week, one, you're living under a rock. Two... Um, it came out that there was a noose hanging in his garage, and um, you know they they launched an, an investigation, and you know it, it turned out that it it wasn't necess- It wasn't a hate crime towards him, and that what I wanted to highlight here is the way that he handled things and the way that the NASCAR community rallied around him. And then the next day, just to see um, you know all the drivers. Um, walking next to his car, and it was just a really, really cool moment that I feel like NASCAR needed. You know, to the to the common fan, to the common sports fan, NASCARs ca- can be seen as you know, like uh, the fan base has a certain um, you know stigma about them, whether that's fair or whether that's not. And to see NASCAR handle it the way that they did, and and, and come out and and rally around Bubba Wallace, who is clearly shaken up. Um, but, and this was before it came out that it wasn't a hate crime towards right. him.
1: So in his before, mind, it was.
0: In his mind at the time, this was a hate crime directed at him and in the mind of all the other NASCAR drivers. And to see the way he handled it in the public and to say that he's not going to let it get him down and he's going to push forward in the face of social injustice and you know, kind of raise awareness and to see all the NASCAR guys rally around him. It was a really, really powerful moment watching the video. Um, And it brought tears to his eyes and and to anybody that I think has a a heart and a soul and cares for other people. I think it brought some emotions forward uh, to them as well. So I wanted to highlight him and uh, I thought that was a really cool moment for everybody involved this week. It
1: was, it was huge. It was, uh, I think a turning point, regardless of the legitimacy of the quote hate crime. um, It still was an awesome moment to see. So um, before we get our guest on here, which we're super excited about, um, Major League Baseball obviously is back. They issued a 60-game schedule that'll start either July 23rd or 24th in, um, I think there'll be empty ball ballparks, but there is talk about some ballparks maybe having like 25% capacity fans. I don't know how that's going to go. But players are going to report for the resumption of training on July 1st, and it's obviously going to be – Interesting to see which players report back to work. High-risk individuals are allowed to opt out and still receive salary and service time, but others who sit out get neither money nor the service credit needed uh, for eligibility for free agency and salary arbitration, and there will not be any minor leagues at this point in time. Um, So teams will be having that 60-player taxi squad, like you said, Ben, Mm -hmm. um, and up to three players from the taxi squad can travel with the team to a game, and one of the three has to be a catcher what are your thoughts on uh, on these little guidelines at this point?
0: I think I think it's good. I think it's necessary. The taxi squad is going to be necessary because you're going to have players test positive. They need to come up. Um, I think the three the three people from the taxi squad that travel with the team is an interesting concept. It makes sense. Um, but the reason I say that's interesting is because I you know I I have multiple. Friends that are going to be in that situation um, and on the taxi squad, so it'll it'll be you know one's got to be a catcher. You would assume one is going to be a pitcher. Yeah. So sure. it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see what teams do. It I think you'll have like a catcher, a pitcher, and then a guy that can play all positions. Um, Sixty games, I'm pumped with. You know, from how much time we have left, um, you're hearing anything from forty-eight games to to seventy. I, I think sixty's great. Um, I'm happy. I think it's going to be an exciting race sprint the entire season. Um, you know, baseball is one of the sports where it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon and it's a long season. So this, this will be the most interesting season I think there's ever been. And I think it'll be exciting. I think there's, you know, every, every team besides maybe, I don't know, two, three, four teams has a legitimate chance to get hot. And make the playoffs and that's yeah. exciting i think it will you know?
1: be it'll definitely involve some teams that wouldn't normally be involved Um and it'll yeah. also you know excel some teams that normally probably would be so it'll be interesting. Right. well to you see. think
0: you think about it last year the the nationals, the nationals started
1: off yeah terrible
0: they wouldn't if if they were if it was this season they wouldn't have made the playoffs and then there were teams that started off really hot that would have made it right you know right.
1: like so it'll the, be interesting that that's for yeah. sure But uh, we have one gentleman who has a lot of thoughts on this, and it is Jake Mintz from Cespedes Family Barbecue. If you don't know what that is, um, then you call yourself a baseball fan. You might not be, but um, (laughs) they are two friends who basically started a Twitter account. I believe the first thing was a Twitter account, Um, but they're bloggers, and they talk baseball, and it's really grown, actually, especially in the it's, last couple of years. It's cool to
0: see. Yeah, it's cool to see how much they've grown. The Twitter account is is huge in the baseball world.
1: Right. And now they have a podcast and a show on The Zone, so it's growing even more. And uh, before we say too much, let's bring in Jake.
0: Welcome, Jake. What's up, man? How are you? Hello,
2: Ben. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh... I, I'm uh, playing a lot of SSX3. These days, Mm -hmm. just trying to, you know, maybe get my mind into snowboarding in addition to baseball. (laughs)
0: Um, So, Michelle, funny, funny point about uh, Jake and I. So we kind of followed each other on social media for like years and years, but never really knew each other. And then in the All-Star game in Cleveland last year, we were like, cool, let's, uh, you know, let's like meet up or something. So I find Jake and he's like talking to John Means' mom or something like that. It was like the most random encounter of all time. Like, of course he would
2: be. Were you
1: stalking him?
2: No, we were. No, like, well, the reason was like you told us to come meet you in a certain spot. And you were sitting in the family section, right? Mm -hmm. Like the family and friends of all the all-stars. So in that section, I'm sure like besides Justin Verlander's brother and John Means' mom was like, Mike Trout's you know, sister's cousin. Like I'm sure it was everyone was sitting there. And I just saw a woman who looked like John Means mom's age wearing an Orioles jeans jersey. And I'm like, that has to be his mom. So I was like, I'm a big fan of your son. And I was right, it was his mom.
0: That's great. This so, is
1: like a, the start of a true love story.
0: No, so then it ended up like we we talked for a while and then we go on from there and we ended up working together a little bit and one thing leads to another and next thing you know we're both uh imitating my brother's wind up in studio 42 at MLB network for a show that you know it's just it's funny how things how things come along like that
1: it's called fate actually serendipity
0: yeah so but jake the real reason we have you on today is because one baseball is back and um i wanted to get your feelings on that i know you uh you know i know a little bit about how you feel but all in all how do you feel about baseball coming back?
2: Uh, I feel conflicted. It is, uh, it is weird because in a vacuum, right, the feeling that we're usually feeling when baseball comes back in a regular year is kind of unbridled joy, right? It's like finally. It's like a release. It's like, oh, I finally get to watch this thing I love. And this year, for a thousand different reasons, that isn't the case. And so right now, I feel kind of conflicted about baseball coming back i think it's especially weird because for the last 2 months everybody who follows baseball whether it's their job or it's their passion was just hoping that the players and the owners were going to be able to come to an agreement um and they didn't come to an agreement but the that road ended up at baseball <laughs> which is what we wanted the whole time right like right. that's what i was hoping for and now i have it now we have it and it's like I'm happy that they're trying, but I just have so many like conflicting feelings about whether we should safely like is it possible to safely play baseball right, right now? Right. I don't know, but I can't I can't really give the protocol the benefit of the doubt right now. After yeah. like it took MLB a little too long to shut it down in spring training. And we already had a couple outbreaks at the spring training complexes before games even started. You know, I just <clears throat> that's if I had to describe how I feel, it would be.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, Jake, would you say that you're most nervous for the health aspect of the players? Is that what you're saying? Is your that's what's kind of your holdup right now?
2: Not even the players; it's more of the players' families. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the support staff around the game. You know, we that. don't know the we don't know the impact on a medical level that it has to someone who gets coronavirus who is young and healthy and fit. Right. Like that data has yet to be shown. But what we do certainly know is like it's much more dangerous to, you know, people who are older. And I think that whether it's the broadcasters or it's the stadium cleaning crew or the bus drivers or you know, Dusty Baker, right? Like there are a number of people around the game who are at risk. And it's like, is it worth it trying to put a season on if someone literally dies?
1: I agree with you. I I do agree with you. It's, it's, in the grand scheme of things, baseball's not that big of a deal.
0: Right. Like the, right. And I agree. It's, saying baseball didn't go well this year it's not it just it didn't go well saying it didn't go well means somebody somebody's life has been affected it's not just uh somebody didn't have a great year it could potentially be somebody got sick and somebody died because you know like yeah I
1: mean you could say the same for like okay well a plane crash or uh, uh, a car accident like you just I mean life goes on obviously and you just don't know someone could be I mean, doing all sorts of things that get them right. I, into situations like that.
2: Yeah. I, I think agree. that you, you bring up a point about, about risk, right? It's like in our daily lives, we are willing to, you know, forego a certain amount of risk to do regular activities. Right. Whether it's going to the store, whether it's, you know, bungee jumping, whether it's, you know, doing drugs or whatever, yeah. right? People assume risk every day. The issue with coronavirus is that the actions of any single person have a huge impact on the lives of hundreds of other people in the baseball network, right? So, like, if one dude on the res goes out and gets coronavirus and gives it and, like, brings it to a game, that is not just impacting him. That's impacting, like, hundreds of other people's lives. And
1: nobody nobody has control.
2: Exactly. And that... and. I'm not saying that this shouldn't be attempted, right? But I'm saying that, like, I think it's fair to be a little trepidatious about this as we jump into this new business. Great word. We
1: love big words on Millennial Sports Talk. And that (laughs) might be... I think meritocracy in another episode with Steve Weissman is number one. But (laughs) trepidation that's probably number two, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, that's big time. Good work, Um, Jake.
1: I understand what you're saying. You're like, to what end? Like, at a certain point, you have to make the decision that life is more important. And I totally agree. But since baseball is happening and there's nothing we can do about it at this point, um, <laughs> would you say that for, for mediocre fans or fair weather fans, whatever you want to call it, for people that are not like you, me, and Ben, we all said baseball, this is such a good time for fans that aren't huge fans of baseball to become huge fans of baseball. Cause it's the only thing for them to watch, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that now getting them to watch is, do you think that's going to thrive or fail? given the season that we get and when it happens?
2: I think there's two sides to it. I think if baseball had started up, you know, July 1st and it had some time to itself, I think it would have been huge. Um, But we obviously don't have that. I think these following two things are going to balance one another out. One is that there's only really going to be one day of baseball, I think, before the NBA and the NHL come back. Right. And so there's, it's going to be this very weird feeling where we've gone from like the craziest sports void in the history of, you know, sports (laughs) of our lives to having like an absolute overload of super intense sports. Right. And it's going to be like a lot to handle at one time. So for that reason, I'm a little worried that people will tune in to watch. But on the other hand, like, I, I think the idea that it's only 60 games, is going to make each game feel electric in a way that 162 games doesn't. I spent two months last off-season in the Dominican Republic covering the Dominican Winter League, and that's a 50-game regular season, right? And because of that, every game is such a huge deal. And because of, you know, it, you feel it when you're at the games. It feels different. Like, any one game could be the difference when you're only playing 50 or 60 games. And so I think that energy will be felt by people watching it. I think it would be even better if there were people in the stands, obviously. I'm not saying that they should do that because I don't think it's safe. But like in the Dominican, there are fans who are there and it it makes the environment so much more electric in a 50-game season. But I do think some of that will translate onto TV. I
0: was so jealous of you going down there for that trip. And I never got to seeing seeing that baseball through... I was able to see more of it through your social media and through your Twitter posts and through your Instagram stories. And and I ended up being so jealous because it's such, it's such different baseball down there and it's a sprint and the fan, like just the energy that the players bring. Did it change your view? And and I'm curious, and it's a little off topic from this season coming up, but I'm curious, yeah. did that change okay. your perspective on bat flips and pimping balls and, and just the way players go about the game, watching them play. I mean, it didn't
2: change what I believe is good and is acceptable in baseball. Like I already was a proponent of expressing yourself.
0: Right. I agree. Yeah.
2: All of that stuff. Like I was already in on that. I think what it did for me was show that like the out, kind of the outdated, antiquated, like, old time expectations that exist in baseball, like the rules about baseball culture, right? Like that doesn't matter. It's like, those things don't need to exist for baseball to survive. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Like they don't exist in the Dominican Republic and that country loves baseball more than America ever has or ever will. Oh, yeah. And I believe 100%. That, right? Yeah. And like, and that's fine. Like we don't, I, I, I think that what what it taught me was, just how goofy those old guard things are like how unnecessary they truly are and how the only thing stopping baseball culture from breaking that down is like going to the Dominican for two months. You know what I mean? Like it, it it made me both hopeful and kind of like a little dismayed about how (laughs) like 65 year old base coaches, don't like it when their fun player flips his bat when like it doesn't matter like it does not matter you know
1: back to the this season jake uh i don't know if you're into this idea but if you're open to it i want to ask some of your predictions for a 60 game season (laughs) sure who do you think is going to end with the best record and how many wins do you think they'll have
2: all right, so 60 games. I think Tampa will win 40.
1: You think they're going to win Ooh. the whole? 40,
2: like, four, I'm trying to think. 40, 40 and 20 is what? That's like, yeah, like 40, 42, around there. I would take Tampa. To wow. win
1: the whole league? Essentially win, win the world? Yeah, I would. Well, to end the regular season?
2: Yeah, and the uh, Rangers, okay. yeah I would take Tampa. I, I like that. Here's bit. why. Here's why. I think the number one thing you'll see this season is very abnormal ways uh of teams utilizing pitching,
1: yeah, and they're used because
2: to that. of the short rest and bringing guys back on short rest and just having a rotating door of relievers and I think Tampa over the last few years has like really trained all of their pitchers to not like necessarily think of themselves as starters or relievers as yeah, just have pitchers, yeah. and I think that like that's super gonna come into play here. Like, um, I, I just think it's going to be like three innings from this guy, and then an inning from that guy, and then five from that guy. And it's just going to be, I think the Rays are ready to do that.
1: Yeah. Do you think that they win the best record for the regular season, or do you think they win it all, like the World Series?
2: I mean, like, predicting the postseason is such a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right, right. I just, it's been like any year, right? Like, it's just random chance, really. Um, I, for the last, seven years have picked the dodgers to win the world series um <laughs> believing that eventually i will be right so i'll take i'll take the Rays. i'll take the Rays to win the regular season and i'll take the dodgers <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so eight years, just, just riding right. that train
1: um why not these next two are probably not as i mean it's just gonna be Again, a crapshoot. Who do you think is going to hit the most home runs, and how many do you think that'll be in 60 games?
2: Hmm. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm trying to think, like, who this short season, like, what type of hitter it benefits.
1: But in reality,
2: I mean, I think I'm, an, I'm just going to be boring and take Mike Trout because I think during a regular, like any normal season, he takes off a lot of games and is kind of banged up from injury. Yeah. I think this year, he's going to play every game if he's at all healthy. I think we're going to uh, see a lot of Mike Trout. I think we'll get 60 games of Mike Trout.
0: Michelle, you did not ask, but I am going to pick Eugenio Suarez, and I am going to say he hits 20 home runs.
1: Wait, yeah. Did you give me a number, Jay?
2: Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I didn't even think of Like, okay, so what's the what's the equivalent of 20 and 60? That's like,
1: well, you know, that's like a 50... 51.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The question is, does anyone get to 30? Probably not, no, right? no
0: way. No, I don't think there's any way. I mean, there's a way, but I don't what think What
2: number, What number of home runs does someone need to get to for you to consider that total more impressive than Bonds hitting 73? Like, because if someone hits 60 I mean, home runs in 60 that's,
1: games. That, that's comparing apples to oranges.
2: No, if somebody were to hit yeah, 30,
1: and if somebody were to you hit can 40 compare, well
2: you, you touched on a hilarious pet peeve of mine, which is that you can compare apples and oranges to one another. I'm sorry. Like one is red. I didn't mean to upset you. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. It, my I tail's just between I my legs now, Jake. Say, yeah, no, no. When people say compare apples to oranges, it's like, yeah, like go ahead, give it a go. Like, like fruit. Oranges are clearly
1: <laughs> better. <laughs> um, right, but
2: you exactly, like you just compared them.
1: Okay. <laughs> so
2: we're gonna have we're gonna have jake
0: back on next week's podcast to talk about the comparison between apples and oranges and have a yeah, whole episode on that.
1: i so <laughs> you know what i mean you cannot compare they're, yeah, yeah, they're not yeah, on the know, same playing field you have to compare it to something similar um, well, that's what he
0: asked if 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 they're i know what, but what barry is bonds is
1: not obviously a player today
0: So that's why I'm giving him a number. He said, what number would you have to get to for you to even be able to compare it? And my answer is 40. If somebody hits 40 home runs in a 60-
1: (laughs) It would be more impressive for them to even hit fewer because of Barry Bonds and who Barry Bonds was and did and all that stuff.
0: Barry Bonds is the best hitter of all time.
2: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: I think it's more impressive to hit whatever the equivalent would be if you do the fraction, whoever is a math whiz and can do that. Yeah. I think it would be more important to hit fewer in sixty games than more in one hundred and sixty-two.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah.
1: Unless someone's like on a serious hot streak, which I mean, baseball is all about streaks, so I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know.
2: It's an
0: interesting question. It is. Um, I'm saying right.
1: if
2: someone hits if someone hits sixty in sixty games, <laughs> I'm like, not that that's gonna happen, but like, I'm comfortable calling them the single season record holder. Like, I don't. In the of same course. way that, like, I don't consider... It's a consider, percentage. In it's my a percentage. Head, yeah. Of course. In my head, like, I don't consider Pete Rose to be the hit king. Like, I consider it to be Ichiro. And, like, I know that that doesn't... That's not it. But, like, that's what I think and I believe. And when I go to bed at night, like, that's what I think. And that's all I need.
1: Wow. So, uh, if, if you hit 60, hits,
0: you're the king. If somebody hits 60 home runs this season, oh, my God, I will idolize them for the rest of time. <laughs>
1: Like we can like <laughs> don't even talk about it. It's not possible.
0: No, that attitude.
1: All right. Next is who has the lowest ERA among starting pitchers at the end of the season.
2: I'm gonna answer this question in a second, but I am almost more interested in like, is there gonna be a reliever who doesn't allow a run? Like, because like a relie- relievers oh. are gonna get to like 20 innings, 25 innings, right? Plot twist. Because like you know is is like I'm trying to think of an example. You know like. um Ken Giles. Is Ken Giles just not going to allow a, a run? Like maybe, I don't know. Uh, lowest ERA, I – it's going to be for a team that like is going to need – I guess it's ERA, it's not innings. So, Lois ERA, said, I will go – She said
0: starting pitcher, so – and and make sure you, you – you know we're friends, right?
2: You know no, we're friends Justin here.
1: Verlander does not count.
2: <laughs> I mean, see, this is interesting because – It's such a small sample size of innings that it's, again, such a crapshoot. And I would just tend to skew towards teams with good defenses who play in defensive-oriented stadiums. You know, like, I would just jump to that. So, I don't know, like, uh, DeGrom, DeGrom. Like, why not DeGrom? Like, City Field's kind of hard to hit in, and I guess they don't have a great defense. Imagine
0: getting a pitcher – like, imagine, like, DeGrom or Jack Flaherty – having, like, a sub-1 ERA on the year. Like, how cool would that be?
1: I was just going to say, I just realized, like, I remember interviewing your brother, Ben, talking about, I think it was, I, I don't want to be wrong, but I think it was three straight years of 200 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right?
0: Mm-hmm. it is right.
1: Um, that sucks. <laughs> because then there's no way you're going <laughs> to keep that consecutive streak. And the same thing for hitters that have hit, you know, a certain average for the last however many years. Like, there's always going to be
0: there's oh, yeah, an asterisk
1: right. by the 2020 season, and that sucks.
0: You know, there's, there's things that I, I'm pissed off about, you know? Like, I don't get to – Mike Trout, and I know I bring him up a lot, will go down as one of the best of all time, if not the best, and we're missing – we're, we're getting a third of a historic – you know, a, a third of a season from him. I wish I could have seen Ronald Acuna go 40-40 yeah. this year. Like, we're missing that opportunity. You know, there's a lot – Statistically, that are is being affected here.
2: Yeah, you know what's crazy to think about? Like in the same way, and I'm not comparing these two things at all. I just want to be clear about that. But I'm like, not comparing apples to In the same way that, like, when you look, we're not comparing apples to oranges. When <laughs> you look at Ted Williams' baseball reference page, and like he has those three seasons he misses because he's fighting in World War II, yeah. and like you go back and you're like, now you know, seven years later, it's like that's amazing. That's crazy. Like, what was that? Why didn't he play? In 50 years, someone's gonna look at Mike Trout's half season in 2020 and like tell their grandkid like, there there was this pandemic, it was nuts, right? And like we'll we'll see that in Mike Trout's baseball reference page.
0: Yeah, and
1: I mean, it, World and War II is a little bit bigger of an accomplishment in my eventually opinion. Eventually,
2: it's gonna get to the point. Yeah, when, oh for sure, yeah, yeah.
0: When it, when it's generations down the road, it's eventually gonna just be uh, he was probably hurt that year. Like who knows? Who no. You never know, It's like
1: Michael Jordan stopping and playing baseball in his NBA career. It's like, where did yeah. Michael Jordan go all those years?
0: That's crazy to think about. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the pandemic year. Jake, here is my final question for you. Being a huge Orioles fan that you are, do you foresee there being any chance the Orioles get hot and make it to the playoffs? What would you what would you put the percentage chances at that the Orioles can get hot for two months of baseball and make the playoffs?
2: Uh, five? 5%? I mean, it's only 60 games. Like
0: it's, that's it's kind what of I'm a saying. It's Any, it's kind of a anybody, anybody can do it.
2: Now, the thing that's tough about the Orioles is, you know, what's the m- most important thing this season is pitching depth, and they have very little of it. Um, even compared to another team like the Tigers who, you know, they have a lot of faults, but they have a lot of arms at the least, right? The Orioles don't have that. And their best hitter, Trey Mancini, is out the whole season with cancer. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be doing better, with which is great. But, yeah. like, you know, they're not going to have – they're literally like an all-star level hitter. I, I just think – let me say this. As an Orioles fan, as a fan of a team that is not supposed to be good, the shortened season is like this weird, stupid ray of hope. Where, like going into 2020, a full season. I knew that the Orioles weren't going to make the playoffs, right? There was like a 0% chance. Now, like there's an inkling. There's like a, well, you know what? Like you start trying to convince yourself. Yeah, it's totally false hope. But let me like, as an Orioles fan, hope right now is nice. (laughs) Like I'll take false hope.
1: (laughs) All right. Final question. This is a very controversial topic. I have my thoughts, and then the rest of the world has their thoughts, which are not the same as my thoughts. Universal DH happening this year. What are your thoughts on it?
2: So this topic is a flashpoint, I think, for a lot of baseball people. Um, And my hard take is I don't really care that much.
1: Oh. Like,
2: (laughs) everyone is super passionate about this, and for me, I'm fine with either way. Like, I if I well, it had doesn't to make affect a choice, you.
1: If you're an Orioles, it doesn't Orioles fan. upset me at all. No, it doesn't affect you. Fine. Like, if you're an Orioles fan, it oh, it doesn't affect that. me. Yeah, no, yeah, no.
2: I mean, like, okay, looking at it, you know, for this case, as a Yoannis Cespedes fan, it's great because he's going to get the DH a lot, and that's fun. But like, <laughs> I prefer the status quo of one league with no DH and one league with DH. I like it. I think it's weird. I don't think we need, like, total fairness for baseball to be enjoyable for people. But if I think in this situation it 100% makes sense to implement it in a 60-game season, I'm fine with that. I just – I my hot take here is that I don't feel passionately about it either way. That is a hot I think take. That's okay. That is a
1: very hot take. I'm actually – I'm envious. Like, I wish I had apathy towards great. this.
0: What is your take, Michelle? I'm very – Oh, I, my God. I am
1: hardcore – I'm hardcore pitcher should hit. Like, I I don't know. I think because I – my first team that I ever worked for and covered was the Padres. And so I – that's what I know. Like, most people like familiarity. Like, people are attracted to what they're used to. And so I lean towards that heavily. But I – Think the rest of the world feels the opposite so most people
0: i would say have have a a strong take one way or the other so it is a very hot take for jake to say he doesn't care that's a hot
2: take that's a hot take
1: good job jake Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, what a a world that we've come to where the hot take is i'm fine (laughs) is
1: is indifference (laughs) bipolarity Uh, in in the baseball world um all right i would love that
2: like Stephen a smith Stephen a smith like debating someone on (laughs) on whatever was it called first take and the other person's like yeah man that's a a good point yeah that's that's all right i'm fine with that yeah i agree (laughs) i don't
0: don't really care
1: (laughs) he doesn't get paid to do that um all right before we let you go jake um please promote your new podcast baseball barbecue on the ringer tell us where people can find it and where people can find you on social media
2: uh, I'm at Seth this this barbecue. Maybe one day I'll have my own Twitter account and Jordan will have his, but not yet. Sharing is caring. Uh, the new podcast, baseball barbecue on the ringer network, uh, Spotify, Apple pods literally like anywhere podcasts exist in the internet world. You can find us. Uh, we just did a bunch of um, episodes talking to a variety of people around the baseball world about race and baseball and how, um, kind of the developmental structure of baseball disenfranchises and uh, disincentivizes black kids from participating. Those are really good interviews. Uh, Moving forward, we'll be covering the season, which I'm excited to like talk about actual baseball. That'll be Mm -hmm. cool. Um, So yeah, that's where you can find it.
1: Love it. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time stay safe and healthy. Appreciate it. All right, that's it for Millennial Sports Talk. For Ben Verlander, I'm Michelle Margot. Thanks so much for joining. Download and subscribe on your usual podcast distributor.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.